everything, everywhere, all at once. Connection with Brant Menswar. When we have strong connections with others, a clear sense of purpose, and understanding the superpower we bring to the table, we are able to forge deeper, more meaningful bonds. In the award-winning movie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, we witnessed how harnessing the power of connection can unlock our true potential. While the multiverse fantasies stretched our imagination, the truth of feeling like we are responsible for everything, everywhere, all at once, there is an all too common theme that can lead to frustration and failure. Everyone has the power within themselves. And when we have strong connections with others and a clear sense of purpose, our true potential is unlocked. In this powerful interview, best-selling author and connection expert, Brent Mansoir reveals the three essential elements of connection. Join us for an insightful session. You won't want to miss this. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. You're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. I'm excited to introduce our guest. Let me tell you about him. Brant Mentor is a bona fide rock star turned values expert and top 200 podcast host, helping industry leading companies like Netflix, Verizon, Microsoft, ESPN, and more refine what keynote presentations look and sound like. His keynotes are designed to rearrange their employees through an interactive performance of energy and inspiration. He is certified in the psychology of leadership from Cornell University, and his mission is to help organizations create a high-performing, connected culture. Through his books, podcasts, Black Sheep Values, and passionate speaking style, he encourages audiences to move forward with deliberate intention in order to develop the skills necessary to perform at the highest level. Please help me welcome Brandt. Hi, Brandt. Hi, April. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I am so pleased to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show platform. Welcome, welcome. And if you would love to start, share a little bit about yourself with the audience. Well, I spent uh, 20 years in the music business uh, touring with my band, Big Kettle Drum, and uh, was very fortunate to sort of make a life for the better part of two decades with fans all over the world who enjoyed our brand of sort of Americana blues rock and um, retired from that life 
uh, maybe about eight years ago, mostly. Still, still do the occasional charity event, uh, raising money for some of the fantastic organizations we work with. But outside of that, um, sort of transitions from one stage to another. Now I spend my days on uh, corporate keynote stages, um, trying to get people to understand what's necessary to become, you know, unbreakable leaders. I love that term unbreakable. And we talked a little bit about that, you know, prior to this, but you said how, you know, I, I want people to know what it's like to be unbreakable, you know, to get to that point where you have full confidence of the things that you do and, you know, unbreakable, unshakable to move forward in life, no matter what happens. You know, it, it, for me, it comes from, uh, are you familiar with Kintsugi at all by chance? I am not, please teach me. So Kintsugi is an ancient uh, Japanese philosophy and method of fixing broken pottery. Oh, I do know this. Okay, I forgot the term, thank you. Yes, yeah. please, please continue though. It, it started in the 15th century with uh, a Japanese shogun uh, named Ashikaga Yoshimasa, and he had his favorite tea bowl broken. And so we sent it off to be repaired and it came back with these ugly metal staples in it and he was not very pleased with what it looked like. So he gave it to some local artisans and he asked them to come up with a new method of repair that highlighted the broken pieces as opposed to trying to hide them. And so they basically went out and found the most valuable resource they had access to at that time, which was gold and they used this mixture of gold and lacquer to create this really strong bond that could be used to hold the broken pieces together. By doing so, they really did two specific things. Number one, they honored the history and, and sort of life of the bowl. But secondly, they actually made the bowl more valuable than before it was broke because now it was laced with gold. Mm. And so what I teach people is that if you really want to learn to become unbreakable, there's really only one thing you have to accept and that's you're already broken. Yeah. If you start from the premise that you're already broken, then you can stop trying to hold people and things at arm's length away from you, afraid that they're going to break you. And instead focus on what holds the brokenness together. And those are our deeply held personal core values. And when you know what those are, they really make you truly unbreakable. I love that. Yes, it's, and you're stronger too with that which holds us together, right? When we've sure. had those experiences, we've been broken. And of course, yeah, absolutely. Coming to the idea of we're gonna break and it's gonna be time and time again that we're gonna be breaking. And uh, so I love your book. Black Sheep Values. I, 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 I gotta say, I really like how you, you hone in on finding out those core values. And you've done some extensive research on this. This has been, Brand. I don't know how many years have you have you spent with you know trying to discover values and what they mean and working on them with others. You were on four, going on just after four years now of um, sort of focusing in a deep dive into what our personal core values are. Um, we use the term black sheep values because uh, it, it's built on the metaphor that the reason that farmers don't really value black sheep in the same way as the rest of the flock is because a black sheep's wool cannot be dyed. And so every black sheep in effect is 100% authentically original and it can't be made or changed into something it wasn't meant to be. And so mm -hmm. I believe we all possess a flock of five black sheep values. And these are our deepest values at the very core of who we are, the ones that we choose to honor each and every single day. And no matter how much someone wants to try to influence you, those values will not be changed. And so the goal of the book and the assessment and the work and the programs and all that sort of thing is to help people discover what their flock of five black sheep values actually are. Right. And I want to, that is so cool that you came to that term because yeah, this is a, a black sheep is something that can't be changed. It's innately who it is and you can't disrupt that. And when we all have that within us, once we figure it out and tap into it, right. And we have 
the understanding and then the courage to live in that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I put your website on and I did it super early, but I want everybody to know your website because this is where we you can access the assessment, correct? That is correct. Okay, yes. cool. So the website is www.brantmensuar.com. That's B-R-A-N-T. M-E-N-S-W-A-R.com. So I want to give that to people early on. It'll also be in the description of this. Many of you will be watching the replay. But let's talk a little bit more about those values and how you came to them. It's, it's highlighted and descripted very well in your book. You really guide people through discovering that and asking more and more questions. It's kind of like the, the five whys or the five what's, right? Like, so, and then what? And then why do you feel that way? And you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper until right. you get to the root because you discussed a few times when, you know, people actually sit down, right? And and they're talking about their values. They're thinking on it. They're pondering it. Okay, well, I value these things. And they come up with 20 some values and you, you can't live those every day. Mm-mm. Right. It's like impossible to try to to key in on that and be like, OK, I, I, I want to be showing up as this and this and this and on and on and on. And that's just too much for us to handle. So it takes a lot of deep, deeper, deeper, you know, thinking and leading into the right uh, answer. Do you know where the phrase winging it comes from? I don't. So, uh, right at the turn of, of the century in the 1900s, um, America was actually booming, right? And so there was this sort of influx of, of building these theater houses, uh, all over the country. And because there were so many theaters being built, there actually wasn't enough actors to be able to cover all the theaters that were being built. And so um, if someone got sick or somebody uh, couldn't make a particular show, they would go out and try to find a fill-in actor. And that actor would stand off stage in the wings of the theater and they would try to memorize their lines just before they stepped on stage because they didn't have time to, <laughs> to learn them. And so that's where the term winging it comes from. And and if you take a look at our society today, I think what you'll see is that we've we're all uh, winging it. Uh, we've adopted this as a way of life, <laughs> not as a, an emergency trying to, you know, step into a role that you're not prepared for. We have adopted it as a as a way of living. And it's scary um, to think that that's the case. But it is true that that is the case. And people have an idea of what is really important to them, but they never take the time to figure out what their non-negotiables are. And we treat non-negotiables and really important like they're you know their cousins they're this close but in reality they are out of frame of here <laughs> they are so far apart from each other um and and until you do the work to discover the difference between non-negotiable and really important um you end up sort of winging it trying to find the perfect a value to help you make a decision in a time that you should be sort of standing on that value as a strong foundation. Right. And so, so much of this is being clear. Many of us are not clear whatsoever on, mm-hmm. on what it is we're want, what, what we're after mm-hmm. and leading to us winging it as, mm-hmm. and, you know, I would go even farther to say that that's where, this is where the stress is kicking in. And then then everybody's living in this continuous high stress. And then we lead to, you know, not doing well, disease, Mm -hmm. all of the things where now we're no longer performing at all. And if we can't, you know, perform well for ourselves, we can't perform well for our loved ones or for anything or anyone else. And it's burnout. And so many of us are experiencing that. Now, you go um, a little bit, not a little bit, a lot of it in your book over some of the things on how you can find out what those values are, questions to ask. And one of my favorite things that you highlighted on is what are your favorite things? What are some of your favorite things that that you love? What's your favorite food, Mm -hmm. favorite smell? 
Yeah. Favorite music. Oh, music is so, so, we're so tuned into music. That's what helps. I, I, I think it's like activating our souls big time. And you come from the music industry. You, you're the rock star in the former life, right? And so you definitely know what that is, what that means. It, it is. So, you know, our favorites, um, the, the science behind why we have favorites is really based in this idea that um, we have these really strong experiences that live in our head and these really strong feelings that live in our heart. And when our head and our heart connect, mm -hmm. um, it engages our limbic brain, right? And our, yeah. limbi our limbic brain is where all of our emotional long-term memory is stored. And so that's why you can remember song lyrics to maybe a song that was written 30 or 40 years ago um, and why you have a difficult time maybe connecting or remembering songs written today because they haven't had enough time to really truly become a favorite yet. So one of the things I like to do, and I'm, I'm happy to do this uh, with you, April, as well, is, is do you have uh, maybe a top three favorite movie of all time? Oh my gosh. You know, I it's so new and I haven't really considered it, but I would have to say it's, it's the one that's in our title. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's gotta be close to my top. I mean, it moved me on a lot of different levels. It even made me cry, made me mm -hmm. think of my daughters. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that's, that's 100%. Everything, everywhere, all at once is, can, Let's go with that. Can you give us like a 30 second summary of what, what the movie was so that for somebody who maybe, maybe hasn't seen it, they can figure out sort of a, a basic premise of what, okay. what that movie was about. So, so much of it is about understanding that you can't be everything everywhere all at once. Right. Yep. Obviously. Mm -hmm. And it goes into detail of what all of the, what all of the possibilities, like, so if we start thinking about multi-dimensions, mm -hmm. right, and what our lives would be like on each of those, you know, dimensional levels, so to speak, all of the what ifs, all of the possibilities, it, it shows you aspects of that and, and what it is. And, um, you know, that really, I think what it comes down to is, and kind of like what you go into with our values is we have this innate part of ourselves, like the black sheep mm -hmm. of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And you just, you just use that and you just live that and you just be present with that. And that's when we show up. And like you were talking about, it's connecting the, the heart and the mind together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, when I talk to people about what some of their favorites are, what I'm doing is I'm listening to the vocabulary you choose to explain um, mm. the movie. Uh, when you are explaining a favorite, you choose different words than um, something that really hadn't had an effect on you. So I'm listening for themes that are basically breadcrumbs that would lead me back to what I believe there's a good chance that your black sheep values actually are. And so in that description, I heard themes of uh, perseverance. I heard themes of hope, of impact and connection. Um, you know, when we start to choose our words really carefully, um, it really gives us a good idea of what potentially could be real for us and, and what isn't and and why that's important is because one of the things we've discovered uh over the course of the last four years and and over ten thousand people taking the black sheep values assessment that's so cool by is, the way yeah i mean we love Dude. it i'm a data junkie so for me i love looking at the results and one of the things that we have discovered is that when people first take this assessment two or three of the five values that they come to are more than likely accurate, mm. but two or three of the other values are complete fabricated BS. Um, and that's because many of us have grown up being conditioned to care for other people's sheep. And, mm. and if you grew up caring for a 
sibling or a grandparent or a parent or whatever scenario you find yourself in, the longer that you sort of have cared for other people, the harder it is to pull apart what matters to you and not to them. And so, you know, when we do this work, it's not something that like, oh, I took the assessment. I know what my values are. Fantastic. Wipe my pans and I'm off to the races. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it is a much longer, um, sort of process to come to what's actually real. You can feel good about your top two or three because these values, even when you get to them, uh, exist in a hierarchy, right? And so even if you have your five, those five exist in a hierarchy from most important to least important. Yeah. E even though they're all non-negotiables, there are still some that, that resonate deeper in our hearts. And so, you know, your first one or two, you can feel really good about, but everything below that requires some additional thought and living and process and all of the things that you need to do to make sure that you can confirm what you think is real is actually real. Right. And so while we're on the topic of, of the assessment, right. And the, mm -hmm. so many people taking it, can you share with us a little bit about what are some of the top, you know, values that, that most people are drawn yeah. to? Well, what we've discovered over the last um, year or so that we've had enough data to really take a look at it, is there are f what I call five binding values that sort of hold society together. These are the most shared values among all people. Um, what, I'm gonna ask you this, what do you think the number one shared value is among all people? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't wanna say, I mean, I want to say connection. It is. Oh my gosh. Not That's only fabulous. Not only is it number one, it's there is hope. It is <laughs> it's listen, it's Maslow. It's sense of belonging, right? It's yeah. it's this idea that we were built and made for connection. Um yeah. not only is it number one, it's number one by more than a fifty percent margin to the next closest value. So it is so yeah. important Great. that when you are living your life, either your personal life or your professional life, if you don't have connection at the center of it, um, you're gonna struggle. You're gonna struggle to feel yeah. any sense of fulfillment um, that you're striving for. So, so connection's number one. Number two is integrity. And yeah. in integrity is all about um, sort of creating a safe space. Are you creating a safe space for people in your life to engage with you? Are you yourself putting yourself in safe spaces so that you can be who you truly are? Um, and are you doing the things that you say you're going to do? Yeah. Are you a person of your word? And so that that's the second. The third is authenticity. And this is something that, uh, especially in the last few years, uh, all of the discussion um, that has sort of become politicized around uh, identity mm. and and who people identi identify as um, and and what does that look like and how does that work and it is uh, it's not something that that you can take lightly because it's at the true very core of who we are and and as you can see already, if connection is incredibly important and creating a safe space is important as the second most important thing, you can understand where all of the concern is around identity and authenticity because it is it requires the first two values to be engaged. And yeah. so when they don't, when someone doesn't feel like they have a safe space to be themselves, then they are not going to connect. And when they don't connect, they feel alone and they, they start to suffer, you know, depression and anxiety and all these other sorts of things because they feel disconnected from the world. And that disconnection isn't just with other people. It might be a disconnection from neighbor, uh, from nature. It could be disconnection yeah. from your God, from your spiritual life, from whatever that might look like. Um, there are so many things that we can be disconnected from that authenticity is, is what we long for if we have a safe space to show up and we have uh, the ability to connect. One of the exercises that I do in my keynotes is I have people, um, and if you would, could you just cross your arms for me like this? Yes. Okay. Thanks. 
So you're crossing your arms. Now what I want you to do is to cross them the other way. Okay. <laughs> that is, it feels unnatural. Okay. Every, and I had to think about it, which is like everybody the weird does. part. Everybody does. What I want you, and, and you just said this perfectly, it feels unnatural, right? Every time you ask someone to be inauthentic, this is what you are making them feel every time. Yeah. And the more that you ask, the more difficult it becomes. So it starts with the arm folding. But then if I said, well, stand on your non-dominant leg. Now I want you to rub your, you know, pat your head and rub your belly. Like all of these crazy things <laughs> that become more and more and more uncomfortable. You might not think anything of it. But for the person who is not being able to be authentic, it is just piling on this feeling of, of which what becomes resent because you're not allowing them to be who they truly are. Mm. And so it's why authenticity is the third most shared value among us all. The last two are our personal growth. Uh, we all want this yeah. ability to grow. Now, where we choose to grow will will differ, but we all want to experience growth in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And then the, the final one is creativity. Um, but it's not creativity in the sense of how creative you are. It is much more creativity in the sense of creating solutions. Can you create solutions in your life? Are you empowered enough, whether that's your personal or professional life, um, can you create solutions that would really require you to connect with someone else mm -hmm. to make that solution come to fruition, right? This is why this is a sort of a self-sustaining um, wheel. It that's start, a servitude aspect. It, it, it does. And it, it's also one of these things that, at least in business, I will tell you that the most frustrating, the number one complaint I get from, from anyone I've ever talked to with regards to uh, the assessment goes, is, is this idea of uh, responsibility without authority. They have this responsibility put on their shoulders and they've been given zero authority to make it happen. And okay. that that is the most frustrating position to put somebody in. But when you think about it, it also happens in our personal life all the time. We feel like we have this responsibility on us, but we're not giving ourselves authority to make I, the decision. I was gonna say that's a choice though, right? Because you know we're responsible for ourselves. We are the authority figure of ourselves. That's the main difference between yeah. personal and professional. In the mm -hmm. professional world, sometimes you don't have the authority to make the decision, right? Yeah. But in your own life, you absolutely have the authority to make that decision. And that's that shift. When you start to understand that, then you really start to feel that empowerment that mm -hmm. you can start to practically manifest these things in your life. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, let everybody know as far as their relationships go, you know that it's great relationships if you've got the connection, integrity, and authenticity, of course. So mm -hmm. um, we'll move into our first commercial rant, and then when we get back, we'll, we'll keep talking further. It's a great conversation and really appreciate you being on the show. Stay tuned. Can't wait. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. 
Hello, everyone. I am Kim Jacobs, the host of The Kim Jacobs Show, and you all know who's right here with me, Dr. Les Brown. How are you, Dr. Brown? I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience, a story, or if you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your credibility, expose you to millions of people, I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. Yes. Come on, somebody. That's right. Dr. Kim Jacobs, she trained people on how to have their own talk show. She will train you how to do that. And now with me working, partnering with her, now you have the combination of an audience, expansive audience. We have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization, to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim. So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's one hour per week. And each week I meet with the individuals one-on-one, -on -one. We go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area, what's going to be your ideal customer that's going to be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship, how to go about getting your lighting, your branding, and your banners, and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They right. own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to, to, to create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow, I want you to go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. It's right there on the screen. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs consulting.com. That's Kim Jacobs consulting.com. Did I say Kim Jacobs consulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story. And that's Kim's story. And we're sticking to it. Bye for now. Bye-bye. All right. And speaking of incredible coaches, Brant, you as well are an incredible coach. And I just want everyone to know that. And again, um, know where to find you. I'm going to put that back up. You know, Brant, you have this extraordinary story. And you have, just like many of us, you've been broken and you've been put back together with gold. Mm -hmm. And you, you have this wonderful story about your son, Theo. And you talk about in the book what your values are. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of that stemmed when, when you figured that out, when you built those up and you started living them, it had to do and circle around your family and your son, Theo. Yeah. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, my oldest son, Theo, when he was 14 years old, uh, was diagnosed with uh, myelodysplastic syndrome, which is a cancer of the blood and required him to receive a bone marrow transplant uh, in order to survive. And we spent uh, 263 days in the hospital uh, with him battling. Mm -hmm. And over that time, we had uh, many, many of the uh, instances 
of is this going to be his last day or not and and the the last one in particular that that um we faced the doctors sort of had given up he had this situation happening where two different things were happening at the same time in his body and each one had a opposite treatment so if they treated one they would actually fuel the other and so the doctors sort of raised their hands and said we we have we can't do anything else and so you should you know go back to the room and and say your goodbyes we don't think he's going to make it through the night and so you know i i sat on the edge of my son's bed and tried to have this conversation um and and to be honest with you uh as you can imagine in a moment like that your emotions are are running incredibly high mm. and I, I had no idea what to say. And it's because I didn't really know what my non-negotiables were. So I, uh, when we are in a heightened state of emotion like that, the chance and the opportunity to make bad decisions is astronomical. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I tried to find these words to say goodbye. Um, and lo and behold, uh, through a, a miracle really is all I could describe it as. Um, my brother, during his moment of saying his goodbyes, uh, he was 1500 miles away and was not going to have time to make it to the hospital. Uh, in desperation, filmed himself sitting on a couch, holding up these poster boards, sort of asking for a miracle. My nephew's dying. He's got less than 24 hours. This is what he has. This is what they've tried. If you have any ideas, if you know of anyone who could help, please help us. And he uploaded it to YouTube. And overnight, that video um, had more than 500,000 views. Mm -hmm. And I started to get phone calls the next day from doctors all over the world who said, I saw this video and I think I can help. And, and they changed um, this diagnosis of uh, no chance of survival uh, into a plan that might actually work in less than 24 hours. And that plan uh, saved Theo's life. And so we, as, as happy and, and thrilled as, as we were uh, during that moment, um, you know, I spent the next couple of years really beating myself up, um, going to bed at night with basically one question in my head, which is, I wonder if he thinks I gave up on him, mm. uh, which is a difficult thing to to ask yourself as a parent. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was a tr it was a valid question for me, and I vowed to myself that if I ever found myself in that scenario again, I would know exactly what I wanted to say in that moment, and that required me to figure out what my non negotiables were. Um, your ability to wing it in the middle of a storm is not very good. Uh, I always tell people if you if you can picture you standing in the middle of the strongest hurricane or, or say tornado that that you've ever seen, in the center of the tornado it's very calm, but the minute you go to reach out because you don't have what you need, so you're going to try to reach out to figure out. What is it do I need to say? What is it that I need to express in this moment? You force yourself into the danger zone where that thing can suck you in and take you someplace you don't want to go. Um, as opposed to having everything you need with you in that, in that moment. And so I did. I, I, I did the work. I did the deep dive. I discovered what my values were, which are creativity, hope, impact, empathy, family, and authenticity. Um, those values, those black sheep values are how I live my life. It's how I make every decision in my life. I filter everything through those six things and I either honor them or I violate them. It's really that simple. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, fast forward to 2021. Uh, unfortunately, I found myself uh, in the same exact scenario where I sat on the edge of Theo's bed and uh, this time COVID had grabbed a hold of him uh, in his weakened state, uh, uh, fighting cancer for nine years. And I was able to have 
a much different conversation. Um, and, it, and even though, you know, I didn't get the result that I wanted as, as Theo passed uh, in February of 2021, um, I didn't beat myself up afterwards because I said everything that I wanted to say. And I was proud of the conversation that I was able to have. Um, and it's only because I was willing to do the work. And since then, um, it's been tough, as you can imagine. Uh, when you lose a child, it, it, it doesn't just affect you, it affects everybody around you. It affects mm -hmm. how they treat you. It affects the words they choose around you. Um, you become a, a bit of a landmine for everybody um, afraid they're going to say the wrong thing around you. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, f for a good 18 months or so, um, after he passed, I was not in a good place. You know, I sort of put myself on an Island. Of course not. I, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. I had gained probably 30 pounds. I just, I, I was miserable. Mm. Um, and I had this conversation, uh, at that 18 month mark with a friend of mine and he said you know look I don't know if you know this or not but when you die you really die twice and he said you know the first time is when you leave this earth but the second time is when your name is spoken for the last time mm -hmm. and if there's one thing I want people to get out of this today is that your goal in life should be for your second life to outlive your first mm -hmm. And part of my goal is to make sure that Theo's name is on your lips um, because I want his legacy. I want his fight. I want his inspiration. Um, he actually drew the cover of the Black Sheep book that's tattooed here on my arm. Um, <laughs> yeah. His story yeah. is going to outlive his time here on earth. And, and that's part of my job to continue his legacy. My story um, by impact that I want on, uh, while I'm here, um, is, is one thing, but the impact I want to last long after I'm gone. And I want it, I, I want this idea of black sheep values and this idea of figuring out the stuff that really matters to you, um, to last a century after I'm gone. Um, and that is, uh, the work that I'm doing now is not for what is now the work I'm doing is for my legacy. And, and when you start to live your life with this idea that if you can have the type of impact you want to have in your world, whatever that world looks like, um, then the choices you make, the motivation you find is at a different level because you're not talking about the temporariness of us being here on this planet. You're talking about eternity of how you're going to be remembered and how many people that you have never met might say your name 50 years later because of something that you did that impacted them. And that is, is the goal uh, that I live my life for now. Brant, thank you so much for your vulnerability and sharing mm -hmm. that story. I know, uh, that's not easy. How could it be? It never would be for any parent to experience that and go through that. I know you're a huge fan of Brene Brown's and you know how she talks about vulnerability. And so would love for everyone in the audience to look into that mm -hmm. and see that because it's a big piece of getting to the next step of getting and going deeper is to understanding vulnerability and how to access that within you. And um, Brant, I would love to know what what is the biggest impact that Theo had for you? Oh, I, I, you know, to me, it, it was his strength. Um, you know, he battled things every day that most of us would just give up. Yeah. Um, you know, he when you're on uh, steroids as long as he was on um, it wreaks havoc in your body it makes your bones brittle it makes your skin brittle um, it's uh, you know he he broke his hip he broke his leg he you know all of these things that were 
10 times worse than the disease that started the whole thing. Um, and you know, the meds really took their toll on him and it, it, you know, he had his bad days for sure, but he always, always, um, still got up every day and, and found himself working towards the things that he wanted to see happen for him in his life. And, and that is sort of, I think his biggest gift for me was perspective, right? Um, mm. if, I'm, if I got stuck in traffic and I'm five minutes late for something, uh, part of my French, but who gives a shit? You know, yeah. if yeah. that if that is what um, I was letting trigger me before and and send me down these paths of um, of of being upset, uh, uh, the perspective really has helped me be able to say, um, you know what. How, how would Theo respond to something like this? And, and I want, I would watch him on occasion, um, sort of put people in their place and, uh, and, and it helps to, to sort of reframe whatever it is that you're facing in a moment to know that there's a good chance that it's probably not life or death. And so why are you acting like it is? Yeah. Ah, perseverance, not said lightly and perspective is, yeah, it's it's key and it'll change everything and how we respond. And so having having the people that you surround yourself with, like he is inspiring and he he does help give you a different perspective and how to think of things. Just like you said, yeah. what am I getting pissed off about in traffic when really the big picture is you know something entirely different yeah and why would i give my energy to that and yeah yeah, my mind's going a lot of different directions but i want to go back a little bit to the the first instance where you had the miracle with theo you know and you you know to me it's that connection piece Uh that we all value so in you know innately really and pushing out the awareness of this need Mm -hmm. um, of this heartfelt help cry out, Mm -hmm. you know, and the connection between all of us and, and putting our energy, our heartfelt energy into something like, yes, let's do something. You know, we want to serve, we want to help, we want to be Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And there's so much power in that and how it does help create miracles so how do you, how do you feel about that brand? Well, uh, what I'll tell you is, um, you know, we, we've already talked about what the five most shared values are. Um, and if you look at that miracle, uh, what you will see is, is those values in action, right? So my brother yeah. started with connection. Um, and I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute because I know we talked at the beginning of the show of what are these three parts of connection that we really want to see happen. Um, but it started with connection. He created a safe space um, for people to engage uh, with that integrity that he created. Uh, he allowed for the authenticity for people to show up as they were, um, no matter what their belief was, no matter what religion they believed, no matter if they were someone who prayed or someone who, you know, um, sent good vibes or, or whatever, whatever they chose to do, um, gave everybody a chance to grow, uh, in the process and learn something, uh, and, and then empowered them to create a solution that, that we were told didn't exist. And so they're the five values. Not only are they present, they are the drivers that created the miracle. And so that to me is, uh, the biggest proof of what can happen when you use what is the most important values to us all as a society. Um, it, it really allowed for something that we were told was impossible to become possible. And that is, um, I don't know of a, of a better testimonial, uh, than that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, another way, and you would, you would know this very well, one way to describe it is, you know, when, when we're, when we're all doing that heart connection together is like a concert, you know, and, and when we're all tuning into this, the same thing or the same feeling Mm -hmm. 
through music, you know, through feeling, through, you know, accessing that all together as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, if you've ever sort of, you know, had that experience, um, and, and it can happen at a concert, um, it can happen at a conference, it can happen at church, it can happen on a retreat, um, where you just feel connected at a different level, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You, it's a good you, way. you realize all at once, um, sort of the tininess that we are in the universe and the enormity of what being connected together actually means. And that is, um, palpable. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I want to go back to also, you know, Theo being this so inspiring and you talk a little bit in your book about you, um, you had this interview with, uh, Don Yeager and he was coached by John Wooden, yeah. who he, he famously quotes, you will never outperform mm -hmm. your inner circle. And that's so profound. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it, it's simple, but yeah, it's so profound. And so you want to highlight that a little bit for me. Sure. So, you know, one of the things that I talk about when it comes to connection, you know, now that we know how important connection is to us all, um, the first thing that you have to do is sort of define your network, right? And so what I have people do is, is comes directly from John Wooden, who, you know, coached Don Yeager. Um, but uh, what, what Coach Wooden would have people do is say, I want you to write down the five people you spend the most amount of time with in your personal life. The five people you spend the most amount of time with in your professional life. And then the five, the, these five people that are sort of other categories, maybe they're where you volunteer or, or a different church or whatever it looks like. And so um, he would take those 15 people and he would tell somebody that now you need to sort of get down to the five that will be in your inner circle. And, and what I sort of have done now with, with the, methodology that comes with the black sheep and in, in black sheep foundry, which is where you do, we do all this training. Um, it sort of takes it a, a, a little step further based on the work that I did at Cornell and, and the psychology of leadership and, and what we learned sort of as to the current processes and methods that, that really work. And so the first thing that you have to do is define your network, not just from those people as to who you're connected to, there are really three types of people when it comes to connection. And I, I call them amplifiers, bystanders, and limiters. Mm -hmm. So an amplifier is somebody who is going to amplify your message no matter what. They're cheerleaders, right? They're, they're mm -hmm. on board with you. They are behind you. They're rooting for you. Um, and, and that's sort of the people that we find that are supportive, um, that are part of our network, who are constantly our champions. Um, bystanders are people who stand on the sideline and watch until they're asked to participate. <laughs> and, and that's okay. Um, and, and then finally, limiters are people who are, uh, I'm, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt, they're not somebody who is purposefully trying to limit you, although there are a few of those. Um, yeah. the, these are people who require so much effort to connect with that it, it, it detracts from the time that you could be spending with amplifiers or converting bystanders. And so when I say define your network, it starts with those 15 people, but then it, for each one of those people, are they an amplifier? Are they mm -hmm. a bystander or are they a limiter? And then what you start to do is see who you truly have surrounding you in your inner circle. Yeah. And when it comes to that five and choosing those five, they have to be amplifiers. You do not want to have somebody who is not an amplifier in your inner circle 
because right. that's not going to take you where you want to be. That doesn't mean they can't give you tough love. That doesn't mean that they can't question you and check you into the boards if they need to. But what it means is that they have to be a champion of yours at heart. And that is, is sort of, it goes from defining your network to then aligning your network, right? So now that I know that I have these five amplifiers that I'm spending the most amount of time with, I have to sort of align them towards the goal of which I have set for myself. And once that happens, that's when you start to see that incredible progress that leads to those breakthroughs that we all long for. Mm. Oh, that's so cool. Very, very powerful. Thank you so much. We're, we'll go into a brief commercial. And then when we get back, you know, I want to know how to contact you and the what's next. So stay tuned. more about Bella Grace in the description and as well as you know finding more out about Brant. Brant can you tell everyone you know I know that we have your website to connect with you sure. what else what do you offer what do you do I know you work a lot with corporate but you also do you know smaller groups too and helping guide and lead and you have a book curious to know also uh, just for personal reasons and maybe other people would want to know is there a book number two coming Great question. My, <laughs> my publisher has been asking me the same thing. <laughs> yeah. What's um, next? With regards to the book, um, there probably will be uh, another version coming, which will be centered around all of the information and the data that we found out from those who have taken it, right? Yeah, that really is. I mean, I, I can't say enough how powerful that is, Brent. You, you know that. Yeah. And uh, uh, but yes. but for everybody else to know, like it's not a small thing when we start to understand truly with scientific backup, right? Yeah. Or yes. or consensus backup. That is where we we come to a lot of our beliefs is by a general consensus of, and yeah. you know how that can help guide us and lead us. Uh, listen, I agree completely, um, and. You know, I had a friend who, you know, so obviously the first book was called Black Sheep, um, but uh, uh, he has told me that the follow-up should be called Who Gives a Sheep? Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's a great name. I mean, I can't argue. Um, and, uh, you know- It's gotta I, at least be in the subtitle, I mean. Uh, exactly. I think that, um, you know, I, I would say within the next 18 months, uh, I, I'll probably get around to to writing the the sort of follow up to it. Uh, I still believe there's so much work to do. I mean, the the first book has been translated into, I think, six different languages already, and so yeah. you know, there's these contingencies in, you know, uh, Korea and um, you know Bulgaria and um, uh, even uh, in the Middle East, uh, it's it's amazing to watch the book be translated into all these different languages. Um, but um, the you know I do some work in masterminds, and so I invite yeah. people uh, to join me. I, I hold my masterminds in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, uh, obviously, uh, spending a, a good part of my life there in the music business, our our sort of machine was there, our label was there, our you know, booking agents were there and our licensing people were there. And so, yeah, so um, you really provide an experience. It is. It's, uh, we, we do things at, this is beyond the mastermind guys. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's held at the Bel Air mansion, uh, which is one of the oldest antebellum mansions in, uh, Nashville. Um, it is this incredible, beautiful 15 bedroom, 19 bathroom, a palatial estate that um, we spend uh, two in-depth days of of going deep into the work, right? Going yeah. deep into the values work and understanding how to connect, how to build bridges to these five values that we know everybody shares. And so um, 
we we build in some incredible experiences there as well. We do this wine tasting event um, that sort of connects our our five senses. And and if you read the book, you know that our senses are connected to our values in a lot of ways. Um, and so um, you sort of get an idea of how to start that journey and start to connect things at a at a more macro level. Um, and then I I sort of call in favors to my uh, famous Nashville songwriter buddies who have written some of the biggest hits in the last 20 years and they all uh, come into a private concert for everybody on the second night um, and we just make it this incredible experience right we want people to be blown away um, sort of immerse them into the culture of Music City while they're learning about themselves yeah. and so rock on yeah right that's I love that, it that is uh, the masterminds and then um, you know we've got some online programs uh, that are a little more affordable and people who want to do the work, but they want to do it at their own pace. Um, you know, where the mastermind is like a fire hose for two days. Um, the, you know, the online programs uh, allow you to sort of work at your own pace. And if it takes three months or six months, then so be it. Um, but there's still access to group coaching and, and calls that happen once a month as well with me. And so what I want to do is provide people with uh, some sort of affordable way to do the work and and have the access that's possible. Um, I don't do one-on-one -on -one coaching anymore because I just uh, don't. Unfortunately, I don't have the time. Um, but um, the the group and online uh, sort of courses and programs that I have now allow for. Uh, well, I At think least. we're more we're more powerful together, yeah. right? And when you have that community yeah. and that other connection piece, I mean, that's For part sure. of it, right? For, I For that's sure. what I love about you know not necessarily doing the one on ones, but yeah. but doing it together as a community. Yeah, I, I think it's when you see that other people are struggling with the same things. Yeah, um, it it helps with the connection piece for sure. Yeah. Well, Brant, I am. I'm going to create, we're, we're going to be there. We're going to do one of your masterminds. I'm going to create that. Right. I'm thinking like, as I'm thinking on the top of my head, I think I'm going to do it on a higher level Patreon yep. membership. Yep. So, yep. uh, because I think that is awesome. And, you know, everybody needs to listen to your book first and I shouldn't say listen, read or listen. I personally did the audible because I do a lot of my, my reading that way and yeah. investigating that way because I like to do it on walks. But what I loved about yours, which is very unique, uh, I, I don't know if I've heard any others, but you add music into it, into the background and you know, it's you. And mm -hmm. I love that aspect because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a rocker at heart. I will never get rid of that. And so it, it's a important connection piece for me personally. We scored and the book. Yeah, we scored the book like a movie. And so yeah, it, took, it six, took six months. But if I'm talking that I'm at a coffee shop, you're hearing a coffee shop in the background. I mean, it's if I'm telling you that I got pulled over by the cops, you hear the sirens. I mean, yep. it's it's one of those things that just sort of happens, um, but it, yep. it it creates a different type of experience for the listener, and that was the goal. Yeah, it brings you into that moment to relate to. Yeah, it. absolutely. Well, cool. So, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience today? Uh, I, I would just say this. You know, the purpose of this wellness driven life show. Um, is for people to get healthy in some way. And I love that. It's why I'm here. It's why I said yes. <laughs> uh, but what, what I want you to know is that if you've longed for something more, if you believe you were built for something more, um, I could not agree more with you that that is the case. But it's not going to happen unless you put in the work. Mm, and mm -hmm. so you've got to start to figure out what matters most to you because they become the most powerful motivators that keep you engaged even when life throws you for horrible loops at times. And I think you know now with me, I could have shut down and just disappeared. But here I am, you know, two years out now of losing my son. And the only reason I'm standing before you is because I've figured this stuff out I've got myself into a place that I believe I can have the type of impact on those that are looking for the same thing. 
I hope that that's you. If it is you, I am more than happy to try to help in any way I can point you in the right direction. At least I might not be your cup of tea, but I have lots of cups of teas from friends that might be. And so I would just offer to you, please consider doing the work in yourself because you will never regret doing that deep dive and figuring out what truly matters to you. I love that. Thank you so much, Brant, for sharing that and for being on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you. My pleasure. And for all of you who are gonna be watching the replay, thank you so much for tuning in. Leave your comments in the comments section below. We do get back to them. And goodbye for now, and also in memory of Theo. Goodbye. <laughs>